this way too early World Series 2024 picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Download the Game Time app today. Use the promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Monday, the 4th of December. And we just want to talk some baseball. I think it was about time everyone was missing a bit of baseball chat. We're neck deep in NFL and NBA, Premier League, all sorts of things. Um, so a little bit of diamond talk is what we're here for. And we're going to make some really far too early World Series picks. Joining me, I haven't spoken to him for ages, so it's an absolute pleasure, Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, hey, how are you? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to covering baseball. Been a while since I've actually seen you, since uh, you started yeah. going self-sufficient with your podcast. So oh, you're yeah. able to uh, record without needing me anymore. So nice to see you. How have you been? I am very well. Bear in mind at all times, Scott, that going self-sufficient is nothing to do with me. As you well know, um, I remain technologically illiterate, but Barry uh, has been doing all sorts of things. Yeah, it just means I've got less reason to contact everyone. Because normally yeah. I ask, I'm just asking people for help uh, getting on everyone's nerves. But it does mean I get to have a chat with people. Um, but yeah, we've gone self-sufficient. So yeah, how, how's your uh, winter sport going? How's the NFL and the NBA, etc.? They're doing pretty well. NFL is a good weekend. NBA has been solid overall. Uh, if you have not followed any of those podcasts, I recommend you should because you have picks every night. So I recommend watching those. But I do think if you wanted to look at and it's thing that I can relate to uh, with what you're dealing with. I feel like most people in the network forget the tennis show exists because I do the <laughs> editing and the posting at like two in the morning. So I think nobody acknowledges that it exists, but I don't bring it up. So that's kind of how it balances out. But you're dealing with the same thing with the Premier League show at the moment. Yeah, we have been talking about the, the times at which we release it. I think it, it definitely affects um, how you do with the various times. Uh, that you do things. But yeah, my NFL season's going remarkably well, actually. Uh, I feel competent at uh, doing that, but a bit, a bit of baseball talk tonight. The first thing I want to mention with the baseball chat is we're trying to um, get the YouTube subscribers up. Uh, Moonaf is cracking the whip and we want to get try and get to a thousand YouTube subscribers. We've already got a few faces in the chat so far this evening. Travioli was first in. Uh, TVDBJ, who was second. Um, TV DBJ, I enjoyed his content. Were you at college basketball with Noah? I think it was college basketball, Trev. Was is that right? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I personally follow college basketball. I have not been on a show, but Trevor might be. I know Trevor's pretty active with most of the shows on the network. No, they, they were no, they were they, they were at some games. There was a weekend thing going on, and I think Trevor Noah were there. Very similar. Look at actually, could have been a little bit of a twin brother thing going on. Trevor Noah had. Um, so yeah, if you are listening to this. If you're catching up at some point between now and April the 1st, um, get us, give us a, a like on YouTube, uh, a subscribe, etc. Because we're trying to unlock a few more features, which just helps everybody out if we can get to 1,000. Uh, baseball. The first thing I want to ask you, Scott, is 
I think, no, I think 2016, I was trying to work it out, I think 2016 was the first time I took any notice of MLB. Uh, so I'll be going into my eighth year of kind of watching it, probably my seventh year of betting on it, but only really my third or fourth year of making future picks. Um, it's only the third or fourth time that I've had, that I will have um, futures going on, that I'll have small long-range bets. So, do you bet off-season baseball? And if you do, how do you bet off-season baseball? So typically I will do some bets here or there, some long shots, but I do think that one important thing to mention with regard to betting futures in any sport is being willing to have the bankroll space to actually tie up your money for several months without being able to touch it. And I know that sounds kind of easy for some or difficult for others, but the point is, if you are going to be placing a future bets, a reminder that you should not bet more than you feel comfortable with because you're not going to be able to touch that money for a long period of time. So just remember that in your account. But I do think for the sake of futures, it's difficult to bet this early in advance because the argument is you got to see how these rosters get created. You got to see who's on the move. There's already been a couple moves. For example, you have some managerial changes in the Cubs organization. You have Sonny Gray, for example, joining the Cardinals. So some teams have already made some moves. Other teams are waiting for the Otani news, and that's kind of the main elephant in the room that has not been solved yet. But, the, but for the sake of off-season moves, you can either bet based on speculation for the long-term futures, the title-winning futures, or maybe you just see an angle for a division you think's up for grabs. But the main purpose of betting this early in advance for me is to try to beat serious line movement potentially on teams that you think are being swept on. And I know that you and Noah last year were pretty spot on with the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. And a big yeah. reason why both of you took them that early was you thought the odds were just completely off on those teams. You thought that they were better than the markets reflected. And with the Rangers spending all the money in the world, it was a good spot to jump on them at potentially a large price when it was going to be shorter during the season. And you liked Arizona because you thought at some point the odds would drop and you thought that they were being slept on. So my advice this early, if you are going to bet on a big market – there's really no value on like the Braves or the Dodgers or any of these teams at this point in time, in my opinion. I know we're going to talk about our tier system we're about to do in a second. But the argument is, for me, if I was going to bet on a title-winning future, the whole purpose for me is to try to beat line movement and to get a great price. And the truth is, with the main favorites to win the award – the odds are not going to move that much in the next couple of months. That's kind of how I go about it. So even though we are going to do a tier system, and even though we are going to be giving out one team from a you know an odds list section, I do have to point out that I would probably not be betting the first tier from Dodgers at like six to one or I mean or like in any of those because I don't think the line's going to move, and I'd rather get information. I don't know if you agree with me or not. No, you're absolutely right. I Firstly, and if I was going to tie some money up long term, A, it's not loads of money. What I tend to do, Scott, and it, it it might be quite an amateurish thing to do, is I don't know how you manage your bankroll in your account, but I always level it out. So, so last night I took the Giants. I think I can't remember. I won something like £63.40. And I'll take the £3.40. Yeah, I always, I can't, I, I don't like going to bed without with, with the odd amount. And I know a lot of people like to do that. So your next bet would be 13, 40. And what I'll do, I'll chip away. So I've actually bet the Detroit Tigers a couple of times so far this uh, this offseason for the World Series. But I just chip away. So I'll put the £3.40 on and then I'll put £2.18 on and then I'll put £2.96 on. And then 
in a few weeks' time, I'll end up with 30 or 40 pounds on the Detroit Tigers. I'll end up with 20 or 30 pounds. So you kind of don't miss it. So it, I, I will end up with a couple of hundred bucks invested, but you don't feel like you've bet a couple of hundred bucks. And I've done that in the Premier League. I've got Aston Villa on the handicap in about seven or eight different instalments. And all of a sudden, that looks like a really nice bet. But I didn't miss the three or four pounds of time I was doing at it. Um, I mean, you're, you're kind of treating it like it's a piggy bank because you're just taking the leftover change and you're just throwing it away because you know you're not going to exactly. use it anymore. So, And the, the final aim is have some fancy prices or some real value come September time, get a sweat on. Like, I enjoyed my Diamondback sweat. It, didn't, it wasn't going to make me rich if I won. I enjoyed it. I talked about it probably too much, but I got that little sweat on. And in the three or four years I've done futures handicapping or thought about it a little bit more, there is always a ton of big price stuff goes on in MLB. You have the Giants won that division at 40 to 1, maybe three years ago. Um, the COVID year, I had Miami at 500 to 1. They didn't win. They made the playoffs. I got a fun well, little sweat. They had a Miami. They won a series Sorry? in there. They won a series, yeah. I think, in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there was a 33 to 1 Otani, Robbie Ray strikeouts, 33 to 1. And then the D backs last year at 75. So that's kind of where I'm, how I want to go into it. I want to. Get into September with 10, 15, 17 pounds on something at 50, 60, 70, 100 to 1. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my my system. And I did enjoy looking around these markets. As much as uh, the Premier League and the NFL have been taking up a lot of everybody's time, it was nice just to get up. And, and I'm looking forward to a bit of baseball chat, especially with the, uh, the people who come in the chat as well, because there's some very shrewd operators uh, in the Discord channel and in the YouTube chat. Captain Insano... He was currently in my top one favourite people uh, of all time, but we don't need to touch on that again. Good evening, Captain. How are you? Lovely to see you. Um, so, yeah, we, we have, we'll talk about some news and notes first before we get into the World Series stuff. Um, let me tell you first about our brand new sponsor, Bet Rivers. Uh, really enjoying Bet Rivers. Work available in over 14 states, plus Ontario, Canada. Uh, Bet Rivers has got some of the best live betting markets in their space. Uh, betting menu is second and on. Loads of props. Uh, depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. Um, have you got a play of the day in the uh, NFL tonight, Scott? Uh, for the NFL, I actually did not. I actually had a basketball play for tonight, but I have the Celtics team total over if you want to bet basketball. Okay, that'll do. So I'll bet Rivers play of the day. It's the Celtics team total over. I'll get involved. I'm going to write that down. Wake up to a winner. My favorite thing. Sign up using the link um, to get a risk free bet up to $500. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. Problem gambler, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Trev and Blake Snell out again. This just feels like the end of last season, Trev, when you mentioned Blake Snell on every podcast from June through to October. Uh, so we're straight in with Blake Snell. Um, so you already mentioned the name Shohei Otani Scott, obviously dominating the off-season conversation. Lots of rumour and counter-rumour. I'm saying today there have been multiple bids um, upwards of $500 million. Um, there was that weird thing where he wanted it all to be secretive and he said if any team leaked any information, he'd be uh, he'd be out on them. But a current um, market for Shoei Otani's landing spot, I'm saying the Dodgers are plus 130, Texas 400, the Cubs 400, although you can see 600 in spots, Blue Jays 750, Yankees eight to one, Mets ten to one, Giants twelves, and it gets bigger. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this? Dodgers. 
I, I mean, I feel like I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The Dodgers have the infinite money glitch in any of the old Grand Theft Auto games. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know how they afford all these players, and I don't think it matters. They're supposed to. There's allegedly a salary cap. Allegedly, at some point. I don't know if the Dodgers ever had to pay one, but I do think they're looking at who's most likely to spend that much money. It's probably the Dodgers. I, I mean, I thought that as a sleeper team, maybe Seattle could be interesting because they have a, a history of taking on Japanese players and having a lot of success, whether it was Ichiro or a couple pitchers in years past. But it does seem like based on who's most likely to spend, once again, 500 million dollars the short list of the Dodgers because they just pay for everybody and nobody ever bats an eye. So I'd probably lean Dodgers if I had to pick one team. Plus, he's already, he's already in Los Angeles, so he's familiar with the area. So that does make sense for him as well. But I do think if I was going to look at another team that I think people are being uh, a little bit quiet on that I think has a shot at it, the Cubs. And the Cubs yeah. actually have a shot at it. Now, are they going to get him? Probably not. But I do think – I know that there's been rumors that Shohei wants to go to a team that already has a Japanese player or two. They already have that with the Cubs, so that does check that criteria. But the Cubs have been a team that have never really shied away from big spending. In fact, when they won the World Series recently – they had a massive amount of guys that were getting paid a lot of money. So I do think that it makes sense if the Cubs are a sleeper team that you think can get Otani. Those would be my main two choices. Dodgers would be the favorite for me. Cubs would be the sleeper. That's basically it. I don't see a long shot team like the Giants or any of these teams actually going after them. I see, in my opinion, Dodgers and Cubs. You? Yeah, I think when we touched on this, it might have even been at the All-Star break when we had one of these kind of fireside chats when there was a bit of lull in proceedings. I threw out the Cubs as a, as a landing spot for Otani a long, long time ago. Yeah, the Dodgers don't really care. The luxury tax doesn't bother them at all. There was quite a lot of talk about the Blue Jays, although I think that might have been swayed by following Johnny Junder on Twitter. Um, and yeah, the rest of them do just seem like also runs. Um, talking about your New York Yankees, uh, Scott, Juan Soto, um, if the the... Padres want some pitching. I uh, talk about possibly Clark Schmidt and a couple of other names. Um, how are you feeling about Juan Solo? And then the other one is Yoshi Yamamoto, another Japanese player who's going to visit next week, who's been heavily linked with the Yankees in front of Giants, Dodgers, and Mets, I think. So, yeah, Juan Soto and then Yamamoto. I think for the Yankees, the Soto thing's interesting because, of course, rightfully so, the Padres won a King's Ransom. And the question is if the Yankees want to pony up and get him. Not to mention the fact that Soto doesn't have a massive contract. So you'd have to trade for him and then pay him afterwards. So we'll see what happens. I think there was a one-year bridge between the end of his current contract and the ridiculous amount of money he's going to get moving forward. So that is an interesting nuance there. Not to mention the other uh, piece of information that I have to talk about for Soto, which is the main guy who wanted to really trade Soto was the ownership. And the owner died about ah, three, four okay. weeks ago for San Diego. So I think they're still going to try to blow up the team. But the fact that the owner passed away might throw a little wrinkle or a wrench into some things that weren't exactly going to be present initially. So uh, I do think at the end of the day, the Yankees will make a serious push for Soto. And I think they're going to get him, in my opinion. The only thing is, if you get Soto... Can you still afford Yamamoto? And based on how the Steinbrenners have run things recently, they have a bit, they've been a bit more, I don't want to say stringent because they still paid Rodon a bunch of money, but you get my point. They already have a lot of big contract guys. Stan's been a mess 
but he's still under he's still on the books. Rodon's been a mess. He's still on the books. I think it's an either or for me. I don't see them getting Soto and Yamamoto. There's some rumors of either getting A Soto or B Yamamoto and Cody Bellinger. I think the Yankees are going to get Soto, in my opinion. I just think that with the offensive concerns, he checks a lot of boxes. He's also young. He's proven. And even though Tanaka was very good for the Yankees, there is some risk involved trusting a relatively unknown player and assuming he's going to transition swimmingly into Major League Baseball. I'm going to lean Soto, in my opinion. The asking price is a lot, but I think that the Yankees fan base is going to force him to make that move. If you ask the Yankee fans right now who they'd prefer, Soto or Yamamoto, I think most people would pick Soto. So I think I think Soto is going to the Yankees, and I actually think the Mets are going to get Yamamoto, if you wanted a bit Thank of a you. hot take there. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. You'd agree or disagree? Um, yeah, I, I don't really know, Scott's the short answer. I know the Yankees were very, very visible in their pursuit of Yamamoto. The amount of time a lot of teams are, to be fair, he's incredible. Yeah. I said he's unproven. People have watched him play, and he's been great in the Japanese League, one of the best pitchers of all time in the Japanese League. But then again, it's still not at 100% certainty, even with the recent success of Otani and a couple of the other Japanese players that came over, there's no guaranteed success between Japanese League and Major League Baseball. And if you're going to pay Yamamoto $200 plus million, I do think you need a little bit of a guarantee there, and that's where Soto comes in, in my opinion. I think where the, where the Mets will probably feel like they have an advantage or at least an inside track is Kodai Senge because yeah. they brought Senge across, who's been excellent for them, um, which I think would le- they would lean more towards taking that risk, um, having gone through that experience, you know. Um but yeah, it's, it, it's certainly an interesting one. The, the free agent signing so far, I mean, when did meetings start this week, I think, in, was it Memphis? I think they all um, went to meetings in. But yeah, Aaron Nola re-signed with the Phillies, uh, Sonny Gray. And then the what made me laugh was the, the Cardinals signed the five oldest pitchers they could think of to get in their rotation. I was waiting for a phone call off the Cardinals at one point. Um, and yeah, the biggest available bat so far, you, you mentioned Bellinger. Um, and you've got Chapman, Soler, Reese Hoskins. And then in the, the pitcher ranks, Glasnow, Cease. Been a lot of talk about Cease. Uh, Corbin Burns, um, Trev, be interesting to see what you think of him. And then Cleveland, Shane Bieber. They look like moving him on. So there's there still some, so, I mean, some big names, but it's not really a stellar list like it's been in previous seasons, Scott. Yeah, I, I feel like if you want to just break it down by overall position, for the hitters, it's fine. I mean, Reese Hoskins is a major question mark, so you can make an argument he might be a decent get on the cheap for maybe a one year. I expect Hoskins to probably sign a one-year deal, a one-year prove-it deal, have a good year, get paid a bunch of money. That's how I'm expecting Hoskins to treat it, so he might be able to get acquired for a one-year deal. As for the other guys you mentioned, the list is okay. I mean, Chapman yeah, was very good in April. He didn't really do anything after that, but he's still a very good defensive third baseman. So if you want to take Chapman, that's an option. He does get hurt a lot, though. Solaire's a very intriguing name for me because I thought he had a pretty good year uh, with the last couple teams he's been on. He's kind of bounced around. He's had injury issues, but he had a nice stretch there with Miami midseason, and that is also a big reason why he can attract a lot of attention during the offseason in a market with not as many great superstar hitters that we've seen in years past. I think Solaire is an intriguing name to keep an eye on. I think a lot of teams can B 
be interested in the services, especially after what he did in the World Series against the Astros a couple years ago. So I think he's an intriguing name I'm looking for from a hitter perspective. For the pitchers, I think I think Burns is fascinating because the Brewers got they lost their manager. They've been very cheap with their overall talent for years at this point. Do you think they're going to trade him? Because based on how the Brewers have handled business in years past and the disagreements they've had with the money he's supposed to be getting paid over the last year or so with arbitration, all that stuff, do you think he's going to get traded? Because I can see that being a pretty realistic option that not enough people are talking about. Corbin Burns? Yeah, I think, yeah. I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, I know the Brewers tend to be a bit slightly underwhelming uh, in these markets. Yelich is probably the real big splash. Uh, that they made, but yeah, I can see, and there's a lot of teams would be in the market for that kind of player as well. I think you'd have quite a lot of suitors, Corbin Burns and the Brewers might just be able to do some different bits and bobs uh, with that money, but yeah, I think uh, it's more than a possibility, I would say um, yeah, Burns would definitely go. Um, the relief pitching market made me laugh. You couldn't pull the names out of a bag before I'd even um, if I just blindsided you with Josh Hader's the big one, um, but then it's the old classics, Kimbrell, Eroldis uh, Chapman, Hector Neris, and all stuff like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, Josh Hader, any thoughts particularly? It's a, uh, it's kind of it, relief pitching is never particularly trustworthy and not something I would I would be throwing tons of money at. You think the Phillies are happy with Kimbrel? Of course not. No. So I think then you might go to Philly. That that's my that's my pick for Hader. I think they do a makeshift swap and they get rid of a uh, Kimbrel because he was not very good and he's had some flare-ups in the playoffs as well. I think Josh Hader is going to be a Philly. Josh Hader, the Phillies. Okay. Uh, Scott has called a shot on Josh Hader, the Phillies. I think it makes a lot of um, sense, right? I mean, you lost your closer. Yeah, absolutely. You a lot of Phillies current relievers. A lot of them, I don't know if they're closer material. They might be set-up men, something like that. But if you're looking for a high-profile closer, which Kimbrough might not be great, but he's still high-profile, if you want to use that terminology. The Phillies have always been willing to shell out for good closers. I do think Hayter makes a lot of sense for Philadelphia. Um, Captain Insano reckons I'd be the youngest uh, pitcher in the Cardinals rotation. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the Cardinals are thinking. Because two years ago, they were kind of in the... We used to say this about Toronto, that they had a really good young team, and they looked like... They were for the next three or four years, that team would be unchanged and they'd be building towards something. And then they just appeared to have totally dismantled it and stopped doing the things they were good at. Um, they always had a stellar defense and they've just sort of brick by brick pulled it apart. And I'd, I'm kind of carelessly, really, I'm not sure what the what the end game is for the Cardinals, but we'll see. They might, uh, they might surprise us. We're gonna have a look at the, the World Series markets, um, and make a couple of uh, picks and observations. I'll tell you first about underdog fantasy. Um, great way to play alongside your favourite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college, basketball and football. Uh, pick high roller on your favourite player, favorite player's fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with the promo code SGPN, underdog, double your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. And game time, the ticket people uh, helping you get tickets for all the good stuff, sport, music, comedy and theatre, uh, without the stress that buying tickets can induce. Uh, they've got loads of last-minute deals, um, flash deals, last-minute tickets, low-price guarantee, 
and um, the great USB, yeah, being the game time guarantee credits you 110% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section in row four less anywhere else. Thing to do, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Um, game time makes the perfect holiday gift. That is such a good cop out uh, for me, mom and the IT department. Uh, tickets for stuff uh, is my great cop out. So download the game time app, uh, create an account. Use the code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Same supply, create an account, redeem the code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, World Series market, Scott. What I did here was, in fact, the first thing I want to point, I would say is shop around. Um, because especially lower down the list when you get into the fancy prices there's a huge variance in stuff so i know it's obvious advice and i'm talking to people who've gambled for a long time um but yeah do do shop around um if you have to send money to people in uh, other countries wink wink or states um then do that the top tier for me there's three teams here with single figure odds actually bigger prices than i've seen over the last few years very often the last few years the dodgers Braves, etc., have been around four to one, five to one. It's seven to one the field approximately uh, this year. Atlanta and the Dodgers are hovering around the seven to one mark, and Houston are at nine to one. So, um, of those three, or a little line on all of those three, Scott, does anyone blow your skirt up? Well, if you're talking about trying to get in early on a decent price, if the Dodgers do get Otani, let's assume that happens, what price in the Dodgers are at? Five to one, five fifty. Maybe the only thing my, my notes on your center around the Dodgers are they don't have a pitching rotation at the moment, like even oh, no, a little. I, bit. I, I'm aware they have flaws. I'm just asking. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, you're right. Though. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There, there would be an Otani effect. Um, yeah. I wouldn't back him, but yeah, yeah, they did get nipped into nine to two, five to one, something like that. Yeah, my point is, if you wanted to take the Dodgers in general at some point this season, and you think they might get Otani, then you should take yeah. it now. I'm not doing it for your reason. I don't trust the rotation. And a reminder, Otani, since he got injured again, is not going to pitch. So he's yeah. not going to help out the Dodgers this year, and their rotation's an absolute mess. They should be getting a Bueller back, which is going to help out a lot. Urias might never pitch again, so that's going to be an issue as well. And Kershaw had another Kershaw explosion in the playoffs again where he was terrible, and I think he got yeah. one out. So I do have to point out that the Dodgers I'm out on, it's got to be Atlanta for me. Yeah, you're right. I, I just think that this team is so stacked. They're young. They have a lot of talent. And the rotation is not great either. But they have resources to acquire pitching. And I do think that they can get over the hump once again. I know that they've had issues in the playoffs with the exception of the one year. The year that they actually weren't really expected to make the deep run. But if I had to pick one team right now, it would be Atlanta. I think Atlanta as a favorite with the offense. I know the pitching is not great, but still, the offense is so damn good that you automatically have an advantage in basically every matchup you're in. They lost to this Phillies because the offense went cold, and the Phillies, for a series, went nuts offensively, and everybody hit home runs, basically, for that team. So they ran into the wrong team at the wrong time, and I think that was the story of it. But if I had to pick one of these favorites, Houston I'm kind of out on. They just seem too old to me at this point. I just feel like they have seen their best years past them. They're still going to be really good, don't get me wrong. Baker's not going to be there anymore, so I do wonder what the managerial situation is going to be moving forward. But I am going to kind of ignore the Astros in that aspect. If I had to pick a favorite, I'm taking the Braves. 
I completely agree with just about everything you said there. I think, first of all, I mean, the Astros in comparison to the Dodgers, the Astros won 90 games compared to the Dodgers at 100 and Atlanta at 104. And I think we're kind of pro sports. You, you need a, a top team, needs some sort of churn in their personnel. And that Astros lineup just looks exactly the same. And I don't see it changing much. It's really good. I mean, it was 90 wins good, but it, they were really poor, poor at home, oddly. They, were, they had a, a 39 and 42 record at home. But uh, so Yana Diaz will come in over Maldonado. And the rotation's rock solid. They, they had five pitchers last year who averaged over 150 innings. But I just don't don't see the stardust in there. I, I can see them regressing a little bit. And it's a really competitive division as well. Texas won't be going anywhere. Seattle might take a step forward. It was a miracle you Houston that won that division last year. A reminder, it was a miracle Houston won that division. They should be Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, Texas lost it rather than yeah. Houston won. Um, that Atlanta lineup was record-breakingly good and consistent uh, home and away. They bat all the way down. They've added Jared Kellinick. They've got another left-handed bat. I mean, Charlie Morton's a bit of a question mark at 40. They've added Marco Gonzalez. But at the prices, I don't think there's a comparison between Atlanta at sevens. That is a very, very fair price. Um, the Dodgers, you would be speculating on what they're going to do because as it stands, the lineup and the rotation aren't up to much. But you do know that's going to change. Uh, between now and the start of the season. They need a few people to take a step forward. Gavin Lux should be back. He's important for them. Um, but yeah, they, they haven't got a rotation even a little bit. So yeah, of that tier, Atlanta stands out by an absolute mile, I think, Scott. Um, the second tier takes in a big glob of teams. Um, really, all with more questions than answers for me. Uh, this tier kind of goes from 10 to 1 out to 20 to 1. And it takes in Philly at 12s, Texas at 12s. The Yankees at 16s, Baltimore 18s, Blue Jays 20s, Padres 20s, Seattle 20s, and the Tampa Bay Rays at 20s. Um, and they're just kind of all lumped in together because I think we know they've got some good players. Uh, and that's pretty much pretty much it. I found with this tier, it was easier to say who I was out on, Scott, rather than who I was in on. I was out on the Yankees because I think they've just got too many things to fix. Um, the, the one or two big money signings isn't really going to change that. I think Baltimore have to regress. Captain Insano's put a Baltimore in the chat there. I'm surprised you're out on Baltimore. I, I thought they were going to be your team from this section. I'm actually surprised. No, they 101 wins. They had an expected win total of 94. And they did flatter to deceive a little bit. I think they got away with it. Um, and I can't take the Blue Jays or the Padres. Just because I don't know how they're going to address the issues that made them so untrustworthy last year. I can't. What term did you keep talking? You used the term repeatedly last year. We used the Blue Jays and the Padres. We were out on me and you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why that would change. Like the culture inherently. So even if they, again, if they make a couple of good signings, I don't know how why their fundamentals would change that roster construction. The Phillies look fun. Um, I expect more consistency out of them. But I just want a bit bigger than 12 to 1. Um, in Texas, is a fair price because there's no reason they won't be thereabouts again. But I wouldn't be putting money on any of this little globe. I think, like I said, Atlanta at the top, and then I've got some more of the fancy prices down the bottom. But this little middle bit really did nothing for me, Scott. So I do want to read off something. Uh, this is the list of the last couple of winners. I'm going to ask you what these teams have in common. The Rangers the Astros, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Nationals, the Red Sox, the Astros, and the Cubs. 
Do you know what those what teams have in common? Um, none of them win the division. They spend a ton of money. Okay. That, that's really how I'm looking at it. Those are the list yeah, of yeah. World Series champions for basically the last seven years or so, eight years. You, they spend a ton of money. So with that being the case, the way that I approached this exercise was to pick teams that are going to spend a lot of money. And the Yankees are going to. I'm not picking them. Because I think that, as you said before, the issues they have are bigger than roster construction. They have a lot of issues upstairs with the front office, with Cashman still being there, with Boone not being a great manager, and the ownership. So I'm not going to pick the Yankees. But the Phillies are a team that, once again, fit the criteria. They spend a lot of money. The problem is, I do think the roster is inherently flawed. And I do think that they rely so heavily on home runs that if they have a shortage in the playoffs once again, they're going to lose because they rely solely on home runs. And I think that's going to be a problem. So if you want to look at who I'm thinking of taking in this section, does Baltimore spend money? Not really, but they can. Like, I wanted to make a case for Baltimore because I do like their overall roster. I think that it actually is more sustainable than you think because a lot of their main guys are young. Gunnar Henderson can still make a leap. They have a lot of guys who can blossom into being top 20 players in the league. I think if I had to pick one team in this region, it would probably be the Orioles, but that's because I really don't like the other teams in the region. The Mets are an option if you think they spend a ton of money and maybe they turn around, but that's a cultural thing. They might be a jinx organization. Shout out to Dylan. So I'm not going to pick the Mets because they just find ways to implode every year. If I had to pick one team in this section, it would be Baltimore because I think they recognize how good the roster is and maybe they shell out some money trying to get some overall starting pitching depth and some bullpen help. But I do think the overall core of that team is young and relatively cheap because they're still very, very young and they haven't gotten paid the hundreds of millions of dollars of contracts. Baltimore's my pick in this section, but there's not many great options besides them. Um, yeah, Baltimore, I find really easy to root for. They're quite they're a good team. Uh, I like a lot of the players and you mentioned. Experience as well. They got killed last year in the playoffs to Texas. They can learn from that. We've seen it before. Yeah. I'm just not sure that the pitching for me, I think they got away with it. Yeah. They would have to add some pitching. There was talk about them trading Anthony Santander, which I think would be a mistake because he's been one of their prime bats uh, for a long time. Um, I didn't include the Mets. Uh, in that range. I've got in the next range down um, because this is the range firstly with a huge variance so you, you can find the Mets at 16 to 1 which would put them in that second tier uh, but you can also find them at 35 to 1 in places so they're double the price uh, so if you're dipping into this range certainly have a look around um, let's see if I can drag up the uh, just the odds on this range I didn't make it make a list hang on I've got it here well, do you want this tier to be every other team or you want to create a separate tier after this? Yeah, well, we've got the sort of the really dog shit tier down to the bottom, which starts with the Angels. Uh, so, yeah, this kind of takes in the Red Sox, Cubs, Twins, Mets, D-backs, Giants, Cards, Brewers, Reds, Marlins, Guardians and Tigers, all kind of up to the really 75 to 100 to 1 range. Um and this was the range, really, that I was most interested in, Scott. Was there anything in here that caught your eye? Well, I have a feeling we're going to see eye-to-eye on a couple teams here. The Cubs, i got to start off with. I think we're both going to like the Cubs. 
Were the Cubs yep. on your list? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I assume so. The Cubs addressed some issues they had already, and the offseason just started. Because I feel like most people looking at the Cubs last year, they arguably should have prevented Arizona from making the Dream World Series run because that should have been them. And they completely fell apart in the final month of the season. And the main reason why a lot of Cubs fans and a lot of baseball fans think the Cubs fell apart or why they blew games they should have won was their manager with David Ross. And now he's not there anymore. And they got counsel. Now, counsel, you can argue, has his own issues with his time in Milwaukee. Overall, I think he's a good manager. I think he's an above-average manager, and I think it's a massive upgrade in that department. The Cubs are also big spenders in years past, and they have been linked to Otani. So maybe if he does go there, you see the odds plummet. But the Cubs make a lot of sense because they fit the criteria of a big spending team that already has a lot of good pieces in place. And the one issue they had was was managerial-related, and they fixed it. Because Council, I think we'd agree, is a good manager with what he's done with the uh, Brewers for the last couple of years. So I'm on the Cubs. I think the Cubs have a good price. Yeah, the Cubs, I mean, it was that one um, C.S. Suzuki dropped catch, pretty much, uh, that, that had a, a butterfly effect over several teams. Um, they've got a really similar outlook. Um, Justin Steele was great last year in SP1. The middle of the lineup is rock solid. And they're prepared to spend money, Scott. That was one of the big factors, so I completely agree with you. And I like them more than the Brewers. Um, so I think you're going to get a, you should get a playoff run for your money um, as well if they can go past them. Um, and it was, there was a the, the couple of other picks I had here were also central teams, which kind of seems seems a bit perverse because the centrals have been so terrible. Um, Minnesota caught my eye a little bit, um, and I know they caught my eye the, towards the back end of the season and during the playoffs, and I did okay with them. Um, they're sitting at 33 to 1. The Cubs are at 33 to 1, we should point out. Um, the Twins are also sitting at 33. Um, 87 wins they had last year. Um, but I thought they were value for more wins, actually. And their expected win was uh, 93. They had a good run differential, plus 119. And they've got lots of players who can take a step forward. Um, if you can get a full season out of, out of Royce Lewis, um, Edward Julian, who's projected to lead off, came in and did really well. Um, and all year, we quite like their rotation, I think, on the show. Um, Pablo Lopez, Ryan, Bailey over. And then the upside of players like Chris Paddock and Louis Varland. Louis Varland got onto my radar. He was a big reason. He was out with a pen, I think, for the last month of the season. Um, that 33-1 is really fair about the Twins. But I did say to you all, already, I've already bet the Tigers. Um, I've got a couple of bets on the Tigers. Haven't followed my own advice, which I gave at the top, because I've got 50-1 about the Tigers. And there's 75 to one knocking around. So I've completely stymied myself there. 78 wins last year. They've got a really young lineup, Scott. A lot of upside. Uh, Green, Torkelson, Carpenter, all had really good seasons. They made a couple of interesting additions with hopefully one or two to come. Mark Canhar's gone in there. Um, Kent Maeda. These are kind of serviceable players. The Tigers could be this year's Diamondbacks for me. We've seen teams improve. Um, sort of exponentially they can go from uh, teams can improve 15 or 20 wins I don't know how many wins Baltimore improved by uh, last year but um, it was a hell of a lot so yeah I've got Detroit down there's possibly this year Diamondbacks um, and I've got a little bit of 50 to 1 but I'll try and find some more 75s on the Detroit Tigers Scott. yeah so we're actually going to agree on the Tigers as well uh, the wow. big reason that I feel like is not being talked about enough 
You know what the big move that the Tigers made during the offseason already was? Nope. They're no longer paying Miguel Cabrera. Oh, of course, yeah. Mickey. That helps. That's, that's that's a decent amount of salary that was being wasted for a couple of years. I was going to say Javi Baez. It had to be Javi Baez, but I see him lurking down and uh, batting eighth in the projected yeah, order. There. Baez is still really bad at the plate, but he's still a good fielder, so there's that going for him. But yeah. just to remind everybody, Cabrera's contract, 10 years, $292 million. Not on the books anymore which is definitely a nice piece. And even though Detroit isn't exactly a hot destination for free agents, the Tigers in the past have actually spent money on on free agents. So it wouldn't shock me if the Tigers would open up the paycheck a little bit, the, the uh, yeah. overall bank accounts and pay some players. They might have to overpay to get them to go to Detroit, but we saw it with Baez. This team is willing to spend, historically speaking. So I do think that the Tigers, who finished in second place last year, quietly finished second place in the AL Central. It's a really bad division. The White Sox are a joke. The Guardians don't spend any money. They might trade some pieces. We'll see what happens. There's not many teams to like. The Royals are a laughing stock. So I think if you want to do press elimination, if you want to pick a team that has a shot to get in, you mentioned Minnesota. Minnesota I'm out on because I do think their overall offense is once again too home run dependent. And they are so bad with running scoring position. They are so awful at stranding guys on base all the time. And the strikeout rate's too high for me. So is Detroit, but that's going to be the issue. But if I had to pick between Detroit and Minnesota, you're getting roughly two times the odds on Detroit. I'll take two times the odds of 60 to 1. I think Detroit's yeah. got a good price. Yeah, fair enough. I completely agree with you. I mean, a lot of names in there. With What draws me is the names that we tend to like on the show on a weekly basis. Uh, Tarek Skubal, we talked about Matt Manning. Um, you've got Alex Fredo lurking around. So there, there's names in there. Last year too. If they can stay somewhat healthy, they were decimated like a month into the season. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then there's play players like Akil Badu, sort of who two years ago was the name on everyone's lips, projected to lead off and steal 10 million bases. Downtime came back and finished all right, you know. So the, yeah, they've got they've got their sleeper potential, I think, Detroit. Um I've got one more pick. Story, by the way, that Eduardo did opt out, so they are missing a pretty big piece of that rotation yeah. from last year. Uh, yeah. So I want to mention that that Erod is no longer there, so keep an eye out for him. But the Tigers, once again, I've seen them spend before sixty to one. If you're looking for a really bad division and a team that can surprise some people, I think Detroit can be that team. Um, I've got one more little flyer, Scott, at a ridiculous price. Have you got anything else? Uh, any other teams that? that you've got to throw out. So I do want to ask, since you brought up the central, is any piece of you interested in the Reds at around 40 to one? No. Um, I think they overperformed a little bit last year, didn't they? I um, mean, it was great. Another team like Baltimore that I like watching. Um, they've got some fun players, but I just think they're going to, they have to just drop off a little bit. Um, so, no, they're going to be fun. I'll enjoy them. I'll enjoy picking them and betting them in certain spots. But I don't think a sustained run um, will be coming out of Cincinnati. What, do, you, do you disagree? I think the only the reason why I brought it up is because we're looking at long shots, teams that have upside, teams that can potentially go yeah. on a run and surprise some people. Now, Ellie fell off a cliff after his first month. He was really bad for the rest of the year. Now, the reason why I bring up Cincinnati is because this offense, when they're on – can compete with basically anybody. This team on paper offensively is a top 10 offense in the league based on the lineup. The problem is they can't pitch. 
It's a serious problem. They cannot pitch to save their lives. So I think I'm going to be out on Cincinnati, but I was asking at 40 to 1 if they were intriguing enough. How many pitchers do they need to salvage the rotation? Because it's really bad. Do they need one pitcher, two pitchers, seven pitchers? How many do they need to actually fix the pitching staff? Thing is, I'm looking at their projected rotation now, right? And every single one of them, I love to bet on a nightly basis. If I saw that, I just get seduced by those five names. If I saw them on a Tuesday night in June when we're handicapping and the name was Hunter Green, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I give Cincinnati a chance tonight. If the name was Graham Ashcraft, I'd think the same. If it was Andrew Abbott, if it was Nick Lodolo, um, Nick Martinez has just come in from uh, San Diego, but I liked him last year. I had him in all my fantasy. So all of those names are kind of instantly seductive. So that's kind of what I was saying, that I will be in on the Reds in lots of spots, probably too much. And again, they've got this the, that mad little infield thing with Ellie and um, who else they got in there? Matt McLean, Spencer Steer in left field, Encarnacio Strand. They've got loads of players. I just think there's going to be one point in the season where they'll go like, Eight and twenty-five or something, uh, and blow it. But yeah, I think they're going to be a fun team. We'll definitely be looking to make money off them. But I don't think I'd be taking forty to one. So that's why I was kind of asking because Cincinnati. I'm not a fan of the rotation as much as you are, but they have a lot of guys who've gotten injured in years past in their rotation. So when healthy, Ladolo is a big boost to that rotation. So yeah, that's going to help. I'm going to ask you though before we officially wrap up this section: Are you running it back with Arizona? No. Is it because the no, price I is too cheap or you think it was a bit fluky? Yeah, yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I do think I'd put them in the in the same envelope. I've already mentioned Baltimore, Cincinnati, Arizona. I just think they're gonna they're gonna drop off a little bit. I think it and it was a price thing for me. I knew they had upside and that 75 to one was too big. Um, I mean, what price are they at the moment? Kind of they'd be hanging around yeah, 35 to one. I mean, there's loads 18 to one in some places. Um, in the size 35 to 1 but at those prices got absolutely not no um, the value value completely gone Just I have got go on mate sorry I was going to say you initially said you had one extreme team the Tigers yeah. were that team or you have a team besides the Tigers oh you're not even close you've got to you've got to go at least five inches down the page Scott before you get in my yeah Oh, you're getting my long shot. Okay, so no. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess here because why yeah. It's going to be a team that's disgusting, but I have to think of which team you picked. <laughs> I like Ron Washington as a manager, but the Angels are about to lose Otani. And Trout. I, I wouldn't not touch the Angels again for that's the next what I'm 10 saying. Years. So I think the Angels yeah. wouldn't be it, but that's why I'm trying to like think about it. I mean, the White Sox, if you think they get back on track, I'm going to guess you chose the White Sox. Uh, no, Scott, you are incorrect. Okay. The answer, obviously, is the Washington Nationals, Scott. Oh, of course. Yeah, why would it not be the Nationals? All right. Sure. Um, it's lower 66 to 1 in some spots, but as high as 225 to 1. I think it's just too big. Um, Miami got a wild card spot last year with 84 wins. Um, how many games Washington win? Was it 71? Like I just said, we saw Baltimore winning 20-odd games more. Washington can improve to a plus 500 team. If they get a big season behind, I'd like CJ Abrams, Lane Thomas, Stone Garrett, and that one too, uh, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Go. They might get Steven Strasburg back. I just think it's a mad play. I'll not be having fortunes on. Um, I might throw the odd two, three, four, five pounds on. Get myself 20 quid at 225 to one, Scott. Um, 
but yeah, that would be yeah, that would be my insane player. You completely out on that? Uh I'll t- I mean, after the Diamondbacks made it last year, then sure, I'm not totally against it. But yeah, I was guessing. I guess the White Sox for no apparent reason, uh, just because they have some talent on the team, and maybe they can't all be terrible again for the exact same year. I'm not going to have money on the White Sox, but I'm trying to think of what was going through your head. The Nationals, <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, the rotation, if Gray is able to regain form like he had for the first half of the season and the bullpen isn't a complete gas can, maybe I'm not a Dave Martinez guy. I know that, once again, they had a spot where they made the World Series and won it a couple years ago uh, where they had a much bigger payroll. But you can add that to a team that can be willing to spend money. So if you want to talk about a team that is really bad, that can try to go for the accelerated rebuild and spend a bunch of money, the Nationals in years past have spent a bunch of money. So that you have that going for you. Well, well so you didn't completely write me off, Scott. That was no, great. Because uh... you said 200 and something to one. Like I, I think that they're not that bad. I see 150 to one. It's a long shot. You're throwing $5 or so, you're throwing piggyback yeah. money, $4.13 here, $3.10 here. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not yeah. against it. Is it going to win? Probably not, but it's 150, 200 to one. So yeah, have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to uh, check out? Uh, not really. There were a couple other teams that I thought were somewhat intriguing, but I chose not to include Seattle. I like 20 to one. I thought about yeah. decided not to get there. That division's just too tough for me. I had a hard time of picking them when I'm I'm automatically looking the, at them as being the third place team in that division. Maybe second place, but it's going to be a gauntlet for that division, and that's a bit too much for me. Is there a reason why you didn't include Seattle? Yeah, I just don't really like the roster. I don't trust them either. Um, there's a couple of there's a couple of um, network um, contributors who are Seattle. Um, fans and you follow them on Twitter and you just the general underlying feeling is that they don't think it's going to be great and that's kind of enough for me you kind of you, you look to to hang on to the coattails of someone's enthusiasm and there's just no real enthusiasm there for Seattle no one really knows what's going on so and especially at 20 to 1 there's just so many better options around that price uh, than Seattle same reason I left out Tampa and I'm always wary of leaving out Tampa I've made that mistake in the past um but again, there's just they're in that the more questions than that. I never I never take Tampa. Because once again, I said you have to spend money. And Tampa never spends yeah. money. Tampa's more likely to unload their good players at the deadline to get prospects than to trade prospects for an elite talent. So I'll never take Tampa seriously because they're not willing to go all in and make pushes to win the World Series. So I'll never take Tampa. Yeah, obviously it looks like they've lost Franco. Um Glasnow uh, is going to be on the move potentially. Um, so, yeah, just like I say, Seattle, if they're in that 40, 50 to 1 range, but obviously they're not, they're just in that, there's a glob of teams uh, in the middle. They just, yeah, don't do much for me at all. So, uh, But I am very much looking forward to it. I think the plan uh, over the next few weeks um, as we move into the new year is to just jump around different markets. We're going to do one show a week uh, just to keep everybody interested and we're going to jump around the uh, divisional props We'll do a totals episode. We'll do a player props episode. Uh, so we're going to keep coming back once a week. The whole team's going to be involved, Munaf and Dylan and Lonte. Um, so plenty of baseball talk between now and January. And then when January comes, we can start ramping it up with uh, previews and all the usual good stuff. So, yeah, very much looking forward to it. 
And as I mentioned at the top, um, go and um, press the subscribe button on YouTube because that will make Moon off uh, very, very happy. Scott, um, any final thoughts before we let the people go? No, not really. It was a lot of fun getting back into the baseball coverage very early. Once again, a lot of these lines might move. So if you do want to bet early on some of these futures, I lean more to the long shots early in the offseason because they might move heavily based on free agency. But I do think for the favorites, the massive favorites like the Braves, the Dodgers, maybe if you do like one of those teams or you have inside info on them getting Otani, maybe the lines move there. I don't see much line movement coming in for the favorites in the market. I'd rather bet early on some of the longer shots. Yeah, I think, obviously, say winter meetings this week, four days. Um, so by the time we record, I think like Moonaf and somebody else might do the show next week. There should be a lot more information we'll be able to see. Because um, Otani will have a domino effect as well, definitely. When Otani goes, the teams who don't get him will then pivot to how much money do we have to spend and where we go to spend it. So uh, that really should like the hot stove. Um, Before we wrap no, it up, though, I want, I want to ask you, you never gave your predictions on where you think the main players are going to go. Otani, Yamamoto, what do you got? Cubs, Yankees. Okay. And Soto, you think he stays put? Or you think he gets shipped? I think he goes to the Yankees as well. You didn't think they'd, they'd get both, but I think... I don't think they're going to get both, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they might. The then... contract on the books and the Judge contract and the Cole contract and the, and the Rodon contract, I don't see both of them going there. In Can my they opinion. not ship somebody out? Oh, no. What the hell is Stan going to go for? Or Rodon? They're not going to go for anything at this point. Yeah, true story. Yeah, maybe you might be right. Yeah, I certainly think that I I like the the, the value on the Cubs for Otani. Yeah, you might be right. You know more about the Yankees than me, uh, picking up both of those. It's going to annoy me, but if you want a sleeper team for Soto, I think Boston might be a sleeper team. Okay. Why would that annoy you? Because I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I think I think Boston might be a sleeper team to get Soto, especially after they lost bets and the Verdugo return didn't work out. They paid Devers, but they spend a lot of money and they have some cap space. It wouldn't surprise me if Boston made a move. Yeah, I am um, the, the pre-sale tickets for the London series went on uh, up for sale this week, and I forgot to get them. I'd registered for the pre-sale. It's Mets Phillies, I think, and I absolutely adored going to the. Cub series last year, so I'm going to have to uh, wait for the, the sale to reopen and get myself in because um, they're doing a little weekend ticket where you can buy the same seat for the two days for the two games, uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, no, that was loads of fun, Scott. I've enjoyed looking across all the baseball websites and stats uh, for the first time in a couple of months today. I've enjoyed talking to you uh, and seeing the likes of Trev and uh, Captain Insano, everybody else. Uh, in the chat as well, uh, Travioli, who was first in. So appreciate it. Keep your eyes peeled for the rest of our little preview series. Um, by all means, come and get involved. Uh, thank you very much, Scott. Uh, good luck, whatever you're betting uh, between now and next time. And we will see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>